1: From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: Russian forces intensify their attack on Ukraine's capital city, Kiev.
1: Energy markets remain volatile as President Biden bans imports from Moscow.
2: Starbucks and Coca-Cola are the latest to
0: suspend business in Russia.
1: And a big-name investor warns of a 10% print on U.S.
0: inflation. New Jersey Governor Murphy unveiled his state budget. Plus, Florida's so-called Don't Say Gay bill is on its way to the governor desk. I'm Michael Barr. more ahead. I'm John
3: Stashower in Sports. The Nets won, the Rangers lost victory in the NFL and some optimism for the end of the baseball lockout.
4: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington DC. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow and U.S. futures are rebounding this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 61 points. Dow futures up 423 and NASDAQ futures up 240. The DAX in Germany is up 4.9%. The 10-year treasury down 15.30 seconds yield 1.89%. They yield on the two-year 1.65%. NYMEX crude oil down 1.7%, down $2.13 and $121.50 a barrel, and Comex Gold is down 1.2%, or $23.60 at $2019 announced. Nathan.
2: Okay, Karen, thanks. We'll have more on the markets in a minute. First, the latest on the war in Ukraine. Russian forces have intensified their strikes on Kiev.
4: We get the very latest from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The bulk of Russian forces are about 30 miles away from the city. Now, this coincides with what U.S. Intelligence Director Avril Haines is telling the House Intelligence Committee that Vladimir Putin thought the war would end in two days and that he will now be more brutal.
1: Our analysts assess that Putin is unlikely to be deterred by such setbacks and instead may escalate, essentially doubling down to achieve Ukrainian disarmament and neutrality.
4: Now, Haynes says if the resistance continues, it may have to change with some kind of face-saving action but that that resistance will have to remain very strong. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Ed, thank you. In Ukraine, President Volodymyr Zelensky is calling for more support from allies. He addressed the U.K. House of Commons yesterday.
5: Please increase the pressure
6: of sanctions against this country, and please recognize this country as a terrorist state and please make sure that our Ukrainian skies are safe. Zelensky's
1: address was the first ever speech to the UK chamber by a foreign leader.
2: Well, back here in the US, Karen, lawmakers on Capitol Hill have crafted legislation to ban US imports of Russian oil. The move came just hours after President Biden called for a ban. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington.
6: The House legislation is a response by lawmakers to public anger over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's also forced President Biden hand despite the administration's concerns about the effect on energy prices. Biden had a warning for companies trying to profit off the crisis. It's
3: no excuse to exercise excessive price increases
6: or padding profits, or any kind of effort to exploit this situation. The House bill bars the importation of Russian crude oil, liquefied natural gas, coal, and refined products like gasoline and kerosene. It also reviews Russia's access to the World Trade Organization. It is scheduled for a floor vote later today and will take effect 45 days after it's enacted. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we're seeing, oil prices fall this morning. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.7% at $121.64 a barrel. Brent is down 1.3% at $126.31. Minnesota Democratic Senator Tina Smith says it's important
6: that you, the U.S. does not rely on foreign oil. The power of being energy independent and doing that through moving aggressively into clean power um, and renewable power is that, you know, Putin has no say on whether, how much we pay for wind or solar. In fact, that power is free. It gives us so much more resilience, I think.
1: And Minnesota Senator Tina Smith spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Well, Karen, the list of companies suspending operations or pulling out of Russia keeps growing. Let's get the latest on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita.
5: Good morning, Nathan. Iconic brands like Starbucks, Coca-Cola, and McDonald's are the latest to pull out of Russia. The coffee giant's partner in the country is pausing operations and will give support to the nearly 2,000 partners who depend on the company for their livelihood. PayPal is also suspending business in Russia, and PepsiCo says it will suspend soft drink sales in the country but will continue to sell daily essentials like baby formula and milk. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Renita, thank you. The Russian ruble is weakening sharply this morning. At the same time, European equities are staging a comeback, and we go to London and get the very latest from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan.
7: Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Plenty of green on traders' Bloomberg screens today. That's as dip buyers wage. The global economic impact of escalating sanctions is already reflected in equity prices. Europe's Stock 600 gaining this morning with banks, tech and travel on leisure among the best-performing sectors. Something not gaining today, Russia's ruble. It slumped as much as 7.8% against the dollar as the onshore market resumed in Moscow, giving local traders their
2: first chance this week to react to recent negative developments. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Turning back to the U.S. economy, it is all about inflation this week. We get the latest reading on consumer prices tomorrow. Billionaire bond manager Jeffrey Gundlach warns that inflation could approach 10% this year. He says the Fed needs to aggressively tighten monetary policy. The CEO of Double Line Capital also says bonds are currently overvalued while emerging market debt is cheap.
1: And in Asia overnight, Nathan, inflation was also in focus. China's factory prices eased again in February, although the outlook is deteriorating. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has the details.
4: The PPI rose 8.8 percent from a year earlier. That's down from 9.1 percent in January. It did beat the estimate of 8.6 percent. But the spike in commodities since Russia invaded Ukraine may flip these numbers in March. Meantime, consumer inflation was muted. The CPI was unchanged at 09 percent, the same as economists had projected. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Brian, thanks. And a programming note for today, join us this morning for a conversation with Bill Gross. The former Bond titan sits down for an interview on Bloomberg surveillance coming up at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Straight ahead, we'll bring you your latest local headlines and get a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> It's now 607 on Wall Street, 40 degrees in Central Park. Still problems on New Jersey transit. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael
0: Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey Democratic Governor Phil Murphy has proposed a $48.9 billion budget. It boosts K through 12 funding, makes a full public pension payment for the second straight year, and redistributes nearly a billion dollars in property tax relief. Murphy unveiled the proposal during a speech in the Assembly chamber,
7: And I'm proud across our first four years working together, we cut taxes for our middle class and working families and seniors 14 times.
0: New Jersey had better than expected sales and income tax collections. Governor Murphy also talked about the Russian invasion in Ukraine.
7: Our administration is assessing what financial or business exposure we may have to the Russian government or Russian-owned business interests or securities, including in our pension funds.
0: Governor Murphy says the administration will make sure state taxpayer dollars are not supporting Russia. Florida's controversial legislation, which affects discussions about sexual orientation and gender in public classrooms, is on its way to the Florida governor's desk. LGBTQ advocates dubbed it the Don't Say Gay bill. The Biden administration has denounced the bill as anti-LGBTQ. However, supporters say the bill would not keep people from talking about the issues in classrooms, but change curriculum and lessons on it. A Texas man was convicted of storming the U.S. Capitol with a holstered handgun. A jury also convicted Guy Reffitt of interfering with police officers who were guarding the Capitol on January 6th. Democrats and Republicans in Congress struck a deal on a long-delayed $1.5 trillion spending bill that would fund the U.S. U.S. government through the rest of the fiscal year. It also provides 13.6 billion dollars to respond to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A bipartisan bill to reform the U.S. Postal Service and give it a much-needed financial boost easily passed the Senate. The House passed it earlier, and the bill now heads to President Biden's desk. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York: We passed strong bipartisan legislation. It's a win-win-win for bipartisanship for our postal workers. And a win for tens of millions of Americans
3: who rely on the post office every day.
0: Senator Schumer, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael.
2: Almost six ten on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower.
3: Nathan, it comes under the heading of we've seen this before, but there is some growing optimism that the baseball lockout might be coming to an end, although once before there was a long meeting and it did not lead to a labor deal. The two sides just had a 17-hour bargaining session. It lasted until just a few hours ago, and they're coming back for more today. They not only did not cancel another week's worth of regular season games as they threatened to do, but one bargaining chip now used by the owners is squeezing in a 162-game season, playing the games, that got canceled a week ago. What a day in the NFL offseason. First, the Aaron Rodgers re-signing in Green Bay, ending a year-long talk of him leaving or retiring. He had about 200 million reasons to stay with the Packers. That's the size of his new four-year deal with Green Bay. Denver wanted Rodgers when that fell through. The Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks get three players, two first-round draft picks, and two second rounders in return. The Broncos have needed a better quarterback ever since Peyton Manning retired. The Nets in Charlotte, Kyrie Irving plays road games, and what a game he played. In 38 minutes, Irving scored 50 points. He shot 15 of 19, made 9 of 12 three-pointers. His fifth career 50-point game. The Nets beat the Hornets 132-121. to They play tomorrow in Philadelphia against their old friend James Harden. The Knicks play tonight in Dallas. Rangers lost in Minnesota 5-2. The Devils beat the NHL-leading Colorado Avalanche 5-3. St. John's plays DePaul tonight. Piggies tournament at the Garden. John Bloomberg Sports.
2: All right, John. Thank you. S and P futures now up seventy points. Dow futures up four hundred ninety five. Nasdaq futures on the rise by two hundred sixty seven points. The ten-year Treasury is down fifteen thirty seconds. The yield one point eight nine percent. Nymex crude down two point four percent at one hundred twenty dollars seventy three cents a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Some rain, some wet snow, especially north and west of the city. We'll get up to the upper 30s today. Upper 40s, partly sunny tomorrow. Mix of sun and clouds Friday. Windy high near 50. Right now, 40 in Central Park.
4: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com. The Bloomberg Business app. And at Bloomberg Quick Take, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are on the rise this morning as dip buyers wager that the global economic impact of escalating sanctions on Russia is already reflected in market prices. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 67 points, Dow futures up 464, and NASDAQ futures up 268. That's up 2%. DAX in Germany is up 4.9%. The 10-year Treasury down 1430 seconds, yield 1.89%. Yield on the two-year, one6 NYMEX crude oil is down 2.2%, down $2.78 at $120.91 a barrel. COMEX gold down 1.2% on $23.70 at $2,019 an ounce. The euro 1.0967 against the dollar. British pound 1.3167. And the yen at 115.86. Bitcoin this morning is up almost 10% at $42,250. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
0: Aaron, thank you very much. Ukraine's deputy prime minister says Russia agreed to open humanitarian corridors in parts of the country for 12 hours to allow civilians to escape from several cities. It comes as the U.S. warned that Russian forces were intensifying their bombardment of Kiev. Locked out players in Major League Baseball bargained into the early morning hours after Commissioner Rob Manfred's deadline to reach a deal preserving a 162-game season passed with no announcement. The sides were negotiating on a number of key economic issues, including the luxury tax and minimum salaries. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Devils and Capitals won. The Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Tank, Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg.
4: This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe.
6: We're running on a financial system that's running on old technology.
4: We're seeing high prices reach fresh record highs. What unfolds in midterms, we will no doubt see again in the next presidential election. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak, and our big take this morning is on the war in Ukraine and how it's forced Europe to take suddenly drastic steps to reconsider its energy needs now that Russian oil and gas are becoming much less of an option now. Bloomberg climate and renewable energy reporter Will Mathis joins us now for more on this story. Will, good morning. Good to have you with us. I know uh, Europe had been on a timeline to shift to more renewables, but now it looks like all of a sudden they've got to really ramp things up here.
8: Yeah, that's right. It, it's uh, gone from a timeline of, of decades to days and months, and it's not just renewables, but also you know how do you shift the sources of fossil fuels away from Russia by all means necessary? And so we looked at all the options we could, um, talked to experts in in fossil fuels, coal, gas, uh, but also, you know, new technologies, solar and wind, and, and and tried to figure out, you know, how can they ramp this up as fast as possible if they are now approaching this with, uh, you know, a wartime urgency.
2: Now, let's talk about at least the short-term options for Europe. I mean, just about anything they think of is going to take a little bit of time, isn't it?
8: Um, yeah. I mean, the, the quickest things you can change are... Um, changing the kinds of fossil fuels you're, you're using. That would be, you know, switching from from gas to coal, which is a much more polluting fuel. Um, and, you know, even Europe's uh, climate czar, Franz Timmermans, who, you know, a year ago would have never advocated for using more coal, even in the short term, is now saying, you know, nothing is taboo. Everything is possible. So probably... Europe is going to burn uh, a lot more coal this year with gas prices at, at the at the incredibly high prices they are and also trying to use as little imports from, from Russia as they can.
2: But even if they go to more coal consumption, I mean, that's got to run up against, as you mentioned, the uh – uh, the the greenhouse gas emission limits that Europe has doesn't that take some kind of agreement among all the uh, EU member blocks to run up against those limits? Um,
8: it it, it does, and it, it's going to be costly because Europe has a you know a cap and trade system that puts a price on carbon emissions. But even if they're burning more coal in the short term, they're not talking about building more coal plants. So it's just you know using what they have already, and uh, you know. Running them full throttle and at the same time investing much faster in the alternatives. So, you know, we, we looked at a calculation that, you know, if they took out some of the, the planning bottlenecks and, and used some policies to accelerate solar development, which is the, the quickest way to add renewable power capacity, they could build um, as much this year as we probably wouldn't have expected until 2028. So bring up the development timeline by, by six years. So, just just jumping ahead, um, um, you know, as, as quickly as they can.
2: If they even go to solar and wind, I mean, does that make up for the lost capacity that they get from Russian oil and gas? No. I mean, if, if um, Russian,
8: uh, you know, so far, you know, Europe has been buying lots of, of Russian gas. Even even uh, more gas has been flowing since Russia invaded Ukraine th- than before. So, so for now, that this um, cutoff off is just theoretical. But um, you know, if if it was to stop flowing, they, they couldn't make up for it um, o- overnight or even in a year with, with renewables. But they they can make investments now that will be there for for decades to come, and and cut that dependence uh, for the long term.
2: Just about thirty seconds left here, Will. What about nuclear? I know France has a pretty robust nuclear industry, and uh, have been putting pressure on a lot more European nations to to think about that as well. Is that something that's on the table?
8: Uh, it, it is, but, you know, the, the big, you know, nuclear takes a long time. New plants often take, you know, a decade to, to build. So even if they wanted to do that, it wouldn't be here anytime soon. The most immediate thing they could do was, would be keep the nuclear plants online, uh, that they are planning to shut off. And the main place for that is Germany. And the German government so far does not seem interested in making that choice. And so they're actually gonna most likely use even less, uh, nuclear power
2: after this year. Some big decisions ahead that uh, have to be decided on very quickly here. Will Mathis, Bloomberg News, thanks for this. Much more on the Big Take story this morning. You can find it at Bloomberg.com slash Big Take or NI, Big Take Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. S&P futures right now up 75 points. South futures up 538. NASDAQ futures up 295. NYMEX crude down 2.8% at $120.26 a barrel. This is Bloomberg. Cloomberg 11.30 weather, clouds, a little rain, maybe a little wet snow, upper 30s. Partly sunny, upper 40s tomorrow. Mix of sun and clouds, windy Friday with a high near 50. Right now, 40 in Central Park. and it's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. And we begin with the war in Ukraine. The U.S. says Russian forces are intensifying their strikes on a capital city of Kiev. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says his military will continue to defend their land.
2: We will not give up. We will not lose. We will fight till the end. At sea, in the air, we will continue fighting for our land, whatever the cost. We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets.
1: President Zelensky says he will stay in Kiev as long as it's necessary to win the war.
2: Back here in the U.S., Karen, President Biden announced plans to curb Russian oil imports. This is a step that we're taking to inflict further pain on Putin. But there will be cost as well here in the United States. I said I would level with the American people from the beginning. And when I first spoke to this, I said defending freedom is going to
0: cost. It's going to cost us as well.
2: After those words from President Biden, House Democrats unveiled legislation to ban Russian oil imports. The votes expected today and checking prices now. NYMEX crude is lower by 3.2 percent, down 392 at $119.87 a barrel. Brent is down 3 percent at $124.21.
1: Nathan, the list of companies suspending operations or pulling out of Russia keeps growing. And we get the latest live
5: from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Iconic brands like Starbucks, Coca-Cola, and McDonald's are the latest to pull out of Russia. The coffee chain's partner in the country is pausing operations and will give support to the nearly 2,000 partners who depend on the company for their livelihood. PayPal is also suspending business in Russia. And PepsiCo says it'll stop soft drink sales in the country but will continue to sell daily essentials like baby formula and milk. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita, thanks. The Russian ruble's weakening sharply this morning. Before the war, it was trading around 80 per dollar. Right now, it's weakened to more than 135 per dollar.
1: Meantime, Bitcoin is surging. Nathan, it's jumped above 42,000 thanks to optimism about a U.S. overhaul of crypto oversight. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen calls an upcoming executive order from the White House, quote, historic. President Biden will sign an executive order later today, which mandates government agencies take a closer look at issues from developing a potential digital U.S. dollar to combating illicit finance. And this is Bloomberg.
2: Karen, thanks. 633 on Wall Street. A little rain this morning, 40 degrees in Central Park. And we have lingering problems on New Jersey transit that Peter Van will tell you about shortly. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New
0: York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy has proposed a $48.9 billion budget. It boosts K-12 through funding and redistributes nearly a billion dollars in property tax relief.
7: We've been able to provide more relief and better opportunities for everybody else, we've been able to better support our public schools. We've been able to meet our full
0: annual pension
7: obligation.
0: Governor Murphy also talked about the war in Ukraine.
7: We will take whatever actions are needed to ensure New Jersey taxpayer dollars are not supporting Putin's unlawful invasion of Ukraine.
0: Murphy says they are taking a look to see whether there are any Russian-owned entities in their pension fund. Democrats and Republicans in Congress struck a deal on a long-delayed $1.5 trillion spending bill that would fund the U.S. government through the rest of the fiscal year. It provides $13.6 billion to respond to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Florida's parental rights and education bill has passed in the state Senate, and Governor Ron DeSantis says he will sign it. The bill has been dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by LGBTQ activists which says lessons on, quote, sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade. The first person to go on trial over charges stemming from the January 6th riot was found guilty of obstruction of Congress and other counts. Texas Militia Group member Guy Reffitt was convicted of all five counts brought against him in Washington following a six-day trial. Reffitt's wife, Nicole, claims the trial was just a way to scare others who stormed the Capitol.
6: They are making a point out of Guy, and that is to intimidate the other members of the one-sixers. And we will all fight together.
0: The jury deliberated for less than four hours. A prayer vigil was held last night in Missouri for a Joplin police officer who died after being shot. Two other officers were hospitalized in the incident. The suspect is also dead. Adam Miller is the chief of the nearby Goodman Police Department.
3: You know, in law enforcement,
0: we're all family here. Um, You know, when we go through tragedy events like this, we're all mourning. Chief Miller says it started when officers tried to take a suspect involved in a disturbance into custody and a chase ensued. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. just about six
2: thirty-six on wall street and john stash hours here with the bloomberg sports update
3: thanks David. today's a big day in the baseball lockout either it ends and they'll play ball or another week's worth of regular season games will be canceled and the owners will have to take off the table a concession they made yesterday that they'll play the games that they canceled a week ago the two sides began a bargaining session at 10 yesterday morning it went until three this morning And they'll be back for more talks today. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, but Russell Wilson on the move. Quite a day in the NFL offseason. Rodgers said he was unhappy in Green Bay. Not anymore. New four-year, $200 million deal for the MVP the last two seasons. He's not only the NFL's highest-paid player, he gets to keep his star wideout, Devontae Adams, who's got the franchise tag, Wilson. Unhappy with the team's decline in Seattle, traded to Denver. The Seahawks get three players and a boatload of draft picks. Wilson QB the Seahawks for 11 years, took them to two Super Bowls, one championship. Only two backcourt players in NBA history have scored 50 points while making 75% of their shots. Michael Jordan and Kyrie Irving last night in Charlotte against the team Jordan owns. Irving went for 50, shot 15 of 19. The Nets beat the Hornets 132 to 121 to get back to 500. Rangers lost in Minnesota 5-2. Devils beat Colorado 5-3. The Northeast Conference Final did not go well for Wagner. Fell behind at Bryant. Thirty-six to six, lost seventy to forty-three, and there was a long delay late in the game when a nasty fight broke out in the stands. Season is over for Manhattan, lost at the Mac Turney. Iona plays tonight. Big East tournament starts at the Garden. St. John's plays DePaul. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan.
2: Okay, John. Thank you. It is six thirty-seven on Wall Street. Let's get more on this morning's market action with Bloomberg Television anchor and Markets Reporter Danny Berger. Plenty of action this morning, Danny. This looks like a classic mm. buy the dip moment.
6: Yeah, yeah, it does. Always action, but really the opposite action today that we have seen and, and and I say opposite opposite to the degree where if you look at what's rallying the most in Europe today, it's the things that have been beaten down the most since Russia invaded Ukraine. So things like autos, banks, those are all doing really well. So you get this picture where stocks as a whole are rallying really strongly today. But because it is a rally in these really oversold names, there's this question as to whether there's anything fundamental behind today's rally or just investors trying to scoop up some cheap bargains.
2: What are we seeing in terms of volume? Is there a lot of buying going on right now?
6: There actually is a decent amount. Last I looked, which WVI on the terminal is is where I do that, it's it's about 50% higher than it has been over the past 20 days in terms of volume. So, yeah, dip buying and some conviction behind it.
2: Now, you mentioned autos and uh, banks, some of the oversold names. Are we seeing a, this across sectors, This this rally going on right now?
6: we are is saved for the sectors that have done well over the past 13 days so energy for example um materials because we've seen oil rally, a lot of those energy names have done well uh, over the past 13 days since the war started. Um, but with oil falling today still at very high levels, some of those sectors aren't doing better. So, again, adds to this picture that what we're seeing today is the inverse of what we've seen over the past few weeks.
2: Yeah, it shouldn't be too big a surprise there with uh, mm-hmm. the declines in crude we're seeing this morning. What are you going to be looking for as we uh, head toward the U.S. Open?
6: Well, It is an expectation, just looking at what U.S. futures are doing, that they will also have this dip-buying mentality. But I continue to look in this market for any signs of anxiety, any economic anxiety. You have an ECB meeting tomorrow, um, and, you know, we want to get a taste of how central banks are going to handle this. Inflation is so high uh, because of all of these supply chain issues brought on again by Russia, oil being banned. So inflation is really high. But can the economy sustain interest rate hikes if that's what the Fed does? And so you see areas of where that stress is playing out in markets. For example, the yield curve, very, very thin right now. Many expectations that it will invert. So while everyone's buying the dip, I am internally a skeptic on everything and looking for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, the ECB meeting tomorrow. And, of course, that uh, CPI print from the Labor Department as well will be watching those numbers very closely. Bloomberg Markets reporter and TV Anchor Danny Berger with us this morning as we watch futures move higher. S and P futures up 64 points. Nasdaq futures up 256. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11:30 weather. Little rain, little wet snow, especially north and west of the city. Highs in the upper 30s today. Will be in the upper 40s. Partly sunny tomorrow. Clouds and sun. Windy Friday with a high near 50. Right now, 40 and rain in Central Park
4: markets headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the bloomberg business app and at bloomberg quick take this is a bloomberg business flash
1: and i'm karen Moscow. futures on the rise this morning we get the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call and here's bill maloney bill good morning
2: And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are surging right now with Dow futures up 700, uh, 417 points. S&P's gain 56. Nasdaq futures rise by 235. The U.S. 10-year yield at 1.89%. Gold and oil are both sinking. And Bitcoin is climbing by 9%. European markets are also in the green, led by 4% gains in France, Germany, and Italy. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, Jolt's job openings. In other news, the U.S. is probing Barry Diller's bets on Activision before the Microsoft deal. And in the commodity space, Indonesia to boost nickel output by up to 400,000 tons in 2022. Wrapping things up, JB Hunt was raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs. Emerson Electric was raised to outperform over at Oppenheimer. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill
1: Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squonk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael?
0: Karen, thank you very much. Vice President Harris is heading to Poland this morning. The trip comes amid a disagreement between Poland and the U.S. over Ukraine, getting Poland's fighter jets. Meanwhile, there's a new effort to evacuate civilians out of Ukraine. More than 2 million civilians have left the country. Negotiators for locked-out players in Major League Baseball bargain into the early morning hours to preserve a 162-game season. They'll resume later today. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Devils and Capitals won. The Rangers lost. Some NFL news. The Broncos have agreed to a trade for quarterback Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. QB Aaron Rodgers will stay with the Packers in a four-year deal reported to be worth $200 million. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg QuickTank, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion.
9: Why revive the commute when gas is so pricey? I'm Brooke Sutherland, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is fueling sticker shock at the pump for Americans and sharpening already uneasy feelings about inflation. Why then are we in such a hurry to end pandemic-era work-from-home policies and force employees to commute to offices again? There is a cost in keeping wide swaths of the working population out of city skyscrapers, but there's also a cost to resuming the pre-pandemic daily grind, one that's become only more acute as Russia's hostilities and increasingly aggressive sanctions in response send shockwaves through energy markets. The average national cost of gas hit $4.17 a gallon on Monday, a record before adjusting for inflation, according to AAA. Both the European Union and the U.S. are racing to rejigger their energy strategies as Western leaders contemplate ways to increase the economic penalties for Russia. But these policies would be more effective and ultimately less painful at home if governments consider the demand side of the equation as well. It helps that working from home is incredibly popular. As far as patriotic sacrifices go, avoiding the office commute is an easy sell. I'm Brooke Sutherland. For more opinion, please go to bloomberg.com/opinion or opin go on the Bloomberg terminal.
4: This has been Bloomberg Opinion.
1: And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time. And terminal customers can read more at opin go. It is currently 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes infrastructure-ready graduates from civil engineers to transportation specialists. If it's infrastructure, NJIT grads are building it. More at njit.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A study estimates over 170 million people born in the U.S. who were adults in 2015 were exposed to harmful levels of lead as children. In a paper published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, researchers estimated that half of the U.S. adult population in 2015 had been exposed to lead levels surpassing 5 micrograms per deciliter, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention threshold for harmful lead exposure at the time. Scientists have found the oldest known ancestor of octopuses, an approximately 330-million-year-old fossil unearthed in Montana. The researchers concluded the ancient creature lived millions of years earlier than previously believed, meaning that octopuses originated before the era of dinosaurs. The 4.7-inch fossil has 10 limbs. Modern octopuses have 8 each with two rows of suckers. And Apple has introduced 5G versions of its low-end iPhone and iPad Air tablet, as well as a redesigned Mac desktop computer and faster processor. Apple unveiled the devices during a virtual event yesterday. CEO Tim Cook also announced plans to bring Major League Baseball games to the company's streaming service. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan.
2: All right, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in DC. See some of the top stories in our nation's capital include House Democrats unveiling a measure to ban Russian oil imports, Congress reaching a deal on government spending and Ukraine aid, and Vice President Kamala Harris headed to Poland and Romania to discuss next steps on Ukraine. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us now from the nation's capital. Emily, good morning. Of course, we heard President Biden announce the ban on Russian oil and Congress is acting uh next.
10: Yes. Yeah, so Congress is expected to vote today on a ban for Russian oil that would include a couple other sanctions measures against Russia as well. Uh, it would start reviewing Russia's access to the World Trade Organization. And then it calls for, uh, strengthens a act that calls for sanctions on human rights offenders. So those two additional measures would also be in the legislation. One thing that won't be there and kind of held up the bill a little bit yesterday was it doesn't include a provision revoking perm- permanent normal trade relations status for Russia. Now, this was something that was bipartisan. Uh, you know, lawmakers on both sides wanted it. But the White House actually stepped in and said, hey, we'd like to discuss this a little bit more with our European allies. Can we hold off on this bit for now? And so Congress is going forward with the legislation uh, that's going to be voted on today, along with a $1.5 trillion spending bill to fund the government. It's going to be a busy day up on Capitol Hill.
2: Yeah. You, interesting. You mentioned the uh, deal finally cut on government spending for the rest of this year. It also includes Uh, even more Ukraine aid than President Biden asked for.
10: Yes, 13.6 billion. We've seen that number just continually go up. I think that really speaks to the amount of support that you're seeing for Ukraine from Congress. I've seen lawmakers from both parties uh sporting either sunflowers or blue and white pins or or ribbons showing their support for Ukraine. Uh but this is the funding bill that lawmakers have been pushing for for a while at this point. Um it'll avert a government shutdown although there could be the need for a short-term uh stopgap funding uh, but putting this out today, uh, re- means that lawmakers are going, probably going to avert that government shutdown and then fully fund the government. Uh, this is important because right now the government is funded on spending levels set during the Trump administration. So Biden, the Biden administration and the Democrats have wanted to get these new funding levels out for a while now.
2: And on top of all the uh, activity going on on Capitol Hill, of course, we have Vice President Kamala Harris heading to Poland today to continue the diplomatic efforts surrounding the war in Ukraine. And this comes at a really interesting time with this dispute going on over Polish fighter jets and whether they can go into Ukraine.
10: Yeah, we've seen these debates about, you know, Poland suggesting that they could send these jets to the U.S., the U.S. saying, you know, they need to go to Ukraine. The big concern here, Nathan, of course, is that with these jets, is this going to escalate the situation? Will Russians see this as an escalation and will they respond um, in a way that could wind up bringing the war to a wider Europe? And so that's the delicate situation uh, that uh, Vice President Harris is going to have to deal with here as she goes abroad. Uh, we know that she's going to be meeting with the Polish president, uh, the Canadian prime minister, and that she's also going to have a meeting with the Romanian president as well.
2: And just quickly, our last 30 seconds here, what does this say about Vice President Harris's just widening portfolio here? She has so much on her plate and now uh, going into direct diplomatic negotiations around the Ukraine war.
10: I, I think a lot of this just talks about how much the Biden administration needs to be focused right now on Ukraine. Uh, certainly you have President Biden's own schedule, um, that, you know, it is dealing with a lot right now with both Ukraine, uh, as well as, of course, talking to the American people. Um, and other news in the cabinet, you're seeing energy secretary Jennifer Granholm. She's going to be actually having some meetings with, uh, oil makers, uh, executives from Shell and Exxon over potentially upping the U.S. production of gas and oil, which is, of course, something that lawmakers, uh, and politicians are looking at doing mm-hmm. as they move to ban Russian oil from the, from the U.S.
2: Lots to keep on top of. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, thank you, as always. Karen.
1: Nathan, it is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now, with your installment for March 9th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young.
5: On this day in women's history in 1959, Ruth Handler, a co-founder of Mattel, introduces Barbie to the world. She brought it to crowds at the American International Toy Fair in New York. The inspiration for the doll began when Handler was traveling in Europe and her 15-year-old daughter Barbara spotted a German Lily doll. But as the years went on, Barbie would be mocked as outdated and sexist and criticized for promoting a largely white gendered image of beauty with an unrealistic body image. But in 1980, Mattel started to become more inclusive when it introduced the first black Barbie. And today, Barbie's dolls come in more than 20 skin tones, close to 100 hair colors, a dozen eye colors, and five body types. Those changes served Barbie well because in 2020, Barbie generated its best sales growth in two decades. Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio.
1: All right, ready to thank you. Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead for Nathan Hager. I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg.
6: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QNB.